He teaches us that faith can grow. And that wherever you are in your faith walk right now, you don't want to stay there because you're either going forward or you're going backwards. You never stand still. You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor at the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad that you're with us today. And pastor, I love the title of this message, From Agonizing Fear to Absolute Faith. And we may have some listening today who feel like, no, I identify more with that agonizing fear. Maybe they just got, you know, bad news from the doctor. They heard that there was cancer or maybe they just got a a phone call. There was a car accident, loss of a job, whatever that may be. Feel like, uh, you know, a marriage is falling apart. They're in that place of fear right now. And they don't see a way out of that. How do we get to that place of absolute faith? Uh, Well, I believe that, uh, you know, we are emotional beings. So let's not discount that. You know, let's not, um, you know, tell people, well, you know, you you, you get over it. And no, 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 no. You can go through it and uh, have that human response because we are human. Mm -hmm. We're going to respond. But Peter said when he was talking about death, he said, you know, we have joy in sorrow. It's paradoxical. Mm -hmm. It's oxymoronic that two things uh, that are the antithesis of each other can occur at the same time. And so we can have that fear. Uh, But that fear can be translated into faith through a bridge of trust. It's like, okay, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. And right now I am fearful. Uh, Say it's it's cancer and uh, I need you to intervene. So then I would begin, how do I build my faith? I began uh, to look at how God healed people. Now, now it's his will. We know that. And we pray, you know, if it's according to your will, but. I begin to look at things like he's the great physician. Mm-hmm. He's the bomb in Gilead. Yeah. I begin to focus on the fact that Jesus Christ has Walgreens in the hem of his garments. <laughs> and if I could just touch him, I may be made whole. Yeah. And, and that's my hope, you know, and that's my trust. Yeah. And I'm going to have that all the way to the end mm-hmm. because I've seen I've been pastoring 37 years. And I've seen, we have one sister, her name is uh, Sister Sarita. I'm giving her a shout out. She's been healed four times of cancer. Wow. And now she's totally cancer free. It was breast cancer and and each cancer was different. Different, wow. Yeah. Yeah, but each time God healed her. Yeah. And so whenever someone gets cancer, I send them to her. Talk to her. Yeah, yeah. Talk to her. Yeah. She could tell you about the fears, the ups and downs, about the second time. Oh, no, not again. Right. The third time. Oh, no, not again. The fourth time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes that's where we don't reach out of our comfort zone sometimes is to, to go to those around us who have suffered and who can be an encouragement to us. I think, you know, Scripture talks about the fact that sometimes God allows us to go through tough times come out the other side, and then we almost have an obligation to minister to those who are in the midst of similar tough times. That's right. Well, we're going to spend some time looking at John chapter 4 today. I hope you'll grab a Bible and join us there as we begin this message from agonizing fear to absolute faith. Here's Pastor Ford. Jean-Francois Gravelet, a Frenchman who 
You may not have heard him called that name, but I bet you you've heard him called the Great Blondin. That's his nickname because his hair was blonde. He was a fanabulous, say fanabulous. Yeah, now say, what is that? A fanabulous is a tightrope walker. As a matter of fact, he has gone down in history as perhaps one of the greatest fanabulous that ever existed in our world up to today. He's the first man to cross Niagara Falls on a tightrope. Uh, when it was advertised that he was going to do this, thousands of people showed up at Niagara Falls. Uh, hundreds of them gathered because they didn't believe he was able to do it. And so they showed up because they thought they would see him fall and plunge 60 feet to his death in Niagara Falls. Uh, but then there were those who didn't doubt that he could do it, but didn't believe he could do it. They came so they could see it, then they would believe it. And then, of course, there was always the crowd that believed that he could do it based on his past experience as a tightrope rocker and some of the things that he did, there were a few people who really believed he could do it. Well, he did it. And the crowd went wild. And uh, they began to just shout and uh, to uh, give him accolades. Uh, but uh, he then said, I'm going to take a wheelbarrow across. How many believe I can do it? And of course, the, the crowd then, since they had saw him, more than half of them thought he could do it. The others didn't think it was possible, but he did it. Uh, he took a wheelbarrow across Niagara Falls and then came back. And he said, now, I did it. And the crowd cheered. He said, now, how many of you believe I can put a man in that wheelbarrow and go? And they went crazy. Yes, we believe, we believe, we believe. And so the great Blondin said, all right, who's willing to get in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> the crowd did just what you just did. Yeah, they laughed like, not me. But, but wait a minute, he said, you said you believe I can do it. Do you believe I can do it? Yes. Well, who's going to get in the wheelbarrow? And nobody did. Finally, through the silence, uh, you heard one man, I will. And he got up and he got in the wheelbarrow. And the great Blondin took him across Niagara Falls and then brought him back. Wow. And the crowd went wild. Uh, see, there were three kinds of people there that day. First of all, there were the people who had no faith. Uh, they didn't believe that he could do it. And as I said earlier, they just waited to see when he would fall and crash to his death. Uh, there were the individuals who said, when I see it, then I'll believe it. And they were there to see what would happen. But only one man really had faith. Only one man really believed. And you know why he's the only one that really believed? Come on, help me preach it. Holler it out. Because he was the only one that got in the wheelbarrow. Everybody else was talking faith. This man was walking faith. And I know what you're saying. Well, what is faith? Let me give you some definitions. Faith is when God gives you insight into foresight like it's hindsight. Say, we heard that before. 
I can't even get y'all engaged with me. I'm trying to get you, get you to say something to me, but you won't even talk to me. That, that's all right. Like my wife when I'm in the doghouse, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. So faith is when God gives us insight into foresight like it's hindsight. Faith lets us live in the right now, but believe for the not yet. That's pretty good, Pastor Ford. Amen. Faith is what causes us to dance to the music even though we don't hear it playing. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said this way, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. That's good stuff. See, faith is what moves us from deficiency to sufficiency because of Christ's all-sufficiency. See, the great Blondin is not the only one to have a situation like that. Because in John's Gospel, chapter 4, we see the three kinds of people present at Jesus' miracle that was at Blondin's Niagara Falls. Uh, you see, uh, look, look who was present in verse 43 and 44. Walk through the text with me now. Open your Bible, get your app out, follow through, look at the scriptures. Amen. Uh, 43 and 44. There were those who had no faith. Now, after two days, he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet hath no honor in his own country. So what happened? You know what happened. He just left a successful evangelistic crusade in Samaria. And, and a woman got saved. You remember the story? We've talked about it before. Uh, this woman, uh, she wanted to get uh, religious on Jesus. And then Jesus wanted to make it practical. He said, go get your husband. She said, uh, uh, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, you got that right, lady. You didn't have five husbands and you shacking right now. You know what? I got to put a pin in it because, you know, the way I hear people today, they say things like, well, you don't ever, you know, just walk up to somebody and confront them with their sin. You don't do stuff like that. I mean, you, that's not the way to influence people and win friends, you know. You just kind of kind of ease into it. Well, Jesus just came right out and said, you shacking because the man you're living with now is not your husband. Now, let me just say, put a caveat on it because there are some of my toxic personality Christians, they was waiting for that. Like, oh, yeah, turn or burn. Yeah, cry or fry. No, that's not what Jesus is doing. But he is confronting her with her sin. And so she goes out and tell all the men that she met Jesus and, and the whole village gets saved. So that's the kind of success he comes from. And now he's confronted with people who don't believe. Now, unless you think that uh, Jesus is talking about the people in Canaan, no. He bypasses Nazareth. What's Nazareth? His hometown. He bypasses Nazareth, and he says the prophet is without honor in his own country. In other words, the people who ought to be believing him don't believe in him. And in Matthew 13, Jesus said this about his hometown. Uh, let me read it to you. Matthew 13, 53 through 58. I'm going to read the whole thing. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in the synagogue, insomuch they were astonished and said, Whence have this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? That's called hateration. 
Is not his mother called Mary? That's called hateration. And his brethren, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters, all, are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? That's called hateration. And they were offended in him, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. Listen to verse 58. There was people there with no faith, and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. There were those who had no faith. And so Jesus left. Ask me why. Because where there is no faith, there will be no Jesus. Amen. I wonder, is there faith up in this house today? It's a good question for all of us as individuals as well, isn't it? Do we have the faith that we're called to have? You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford and a message called From Agonizing Fear to Absolute Faith. It's a look at a part of John chapter 4, and we'll get back to this teaching in just a minute. By the way, if you ever miss a broadcast, you can always listen online by coming to our website. It's treasuredtruthradio.org. You can stream a program, you can download an MP3 for free, or order a copy of the broadcast on CD. That's at treasuredtruthradio.org. Again, here's Pastor Ford. Yeah, there are a thousand ways to please God, but not one of them without faith. I hate to get the Bible in this, but now a word from our sponsors. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Anybody got it memorized besides Brother Adams? Besides Brother Adams? Go ahead, Brother Adams. Ain't nobody going to say nothing. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You don't even got to find him. You just got to be looking for him. And God says, if you're looking for me, that means you got faith. And I'm going to honor the faith that you're looking for me, even if you don't find me. Yeah, and so God primarily responds to faith. I know you don't believe me, but I'm still in Bible territory. Matthew 9, 29, there were some blind men, and Jesus, they said, heal us, Savior, heal us. And Jesus said, be it according to you, according to your faith. And they both were healed. Want to know why? They had faith. And so Jesus responded to their faith. As a matter of fact, Jesus sees faith. We talked about it when I preached the message entitled, Tear the Roof Off the Sucker. Anybody remember that message? Tear the Roof Off the Sucker? Amen. Yeah. And uh, we have four men carrying a paralyzed man in a pallet. And uh, there was a crowd, so they couldn't get to Jesus. So they took him up on the roof. Now, I've seen these roofs when I went to Israel. And uh, to get up, there's little thin, little thin steps with a small roof. And so they got that man up there, carrying him up there, and tore that roof off the sucker and let him down before Jesus. And here's what the Bible says. And Jesus saw their faith. Let me ask you something, because his manifested presence is here. How do you know that? I felt him in worship. I felt him in worship. What does he see when he looks at you? Does he see that you have faith? And so there were those there with no faith. Luke 5, 20 says, Jesus sees faith. But then there are those who had to see to believe. Look at verses 45 through 48. 
Then when he was coming to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went unto the feast. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. Here they are now. These are the people who are walking by sight and really not by faith. They saw it, so they believe it. And so Jesus tells us, listen, if you believe me, you'll see. But we say, let me see it so that I can believe it. Matthew 20, verse 29, uh, Jesus had risen from the dead, but Thomas wasn't there. Now, I don't know where Thomas went. Maybe they were having a sale down at the mall. I don't know. But when Jesus appeared, he should have been there, but he wasn't. And so he said, except I see the nail prints in his hands and touched the spear print inside. I will not believe. And Jesus appeared and he said, touch me, Thomas. And the Bible never says that he did, but Jesus said this. He said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, you saying that because you saw it. And then he says this, blessed is everyone who hasn't seen it, yet they believe it. Do you have to see it to believe it? Or do you walk in faith, the sixth sight, the spiritual sight? Uh, the vision that he said to Joshua. Well, remember when they were going against the wall? You remember that. They were going against the wall and the wall 60 feet high, 30 feet wide. He said in Joshua chapter two, see, I have given you this land, walk around it. What did I say? That faith is when God gives you insight into foresight like it's hindsight. He said, see in the present what I gave you in the past that you will possess in the future. Work it forward. Working for it. I'm working it. I'm doing the best I can. Preach. And so what happens here? Uh, you got those who, who walk by sight. You've got one man, just like the great Blondin, one man who got in Jesus' wheelbarrow. And that's the man I want to talk about because he teaches us something today. He teaches us the progression of faith. He teaches us that faith can grow. And that wherever you are in your faith walk right now, you don't want to stay there because you're either going forward or you're going backwards. You never stand still. And so as he goes this progression in his faith, uh, I want to give you the six steps in the progression of his faith that you may take these six steps and see where you are and grow to where this man grew to. Notice, first of all, the first step, it's a preliminary faith. Listen what the scripture says. Scripture says, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus would come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. This is beginning faith. It's an ABC beginner's faith. Why? Because it's faith in Jesus' power. What's his faith in? Holler back to me. Yeah, now I want you to notice something. Look at the text. It says, it says, he had heard. Oh, I love that. I love that. Because that means somebody was talking about the miracles that Jesus had performed. That, that somebody was talking about the, the wedding feast of Cana. Hey, Jesus turned water into wine. Somebody was talking about the miracles that he did in Jerusalem in the first overturning of the money changers' tables where he was healing people and the blind could see and the lame could walk and children were being well. Somebody was testifying, wasn't test the lion. You know, there's three ways to get information out. Telephone, telegraph, tell a woman. 
Now, I ain't say it, but somebody said, when you tell a man something, it goes in one ear and out the other. When you tell a woman something, it goes in both ears and out her mouth. I don't know. But I do know this. If we would tell, and men gossip too, sometimes men worse than women. And I tell you what, anytime you find a man gossip, he is worse than any woman gossip you ever want to meet. And so if we would tell the gospel as quick as we tell the gossip, more people would hear. Let me ask you a question very relevant. Has Jesus done anything for you lately? Have you told somebody? Okay, some of y'all lying and you know you lying. You ain't opened your mouth and said Jesus' name till you come in the church and she says, say Jesus. But we're supposed to tell it. We're supposed to tell it. We're supposed to tell it. And so what did he do? He, he heard. And then it says, he went to Jesus. Wait a minute. Now, I need to tell you about this nobleman. Because the word in the Greek is one word. And it is basilolos. And basilolos literally means a king's man. So then who was the king? Herod. And so who then was this nobleman? He was an emissary of King Herod. I wish I had time to talk about that because that means he's wealthy. That means he's a man of influence. That means he's a man of power. Here's my question. How come he didn't go to his king, but he came to the king? Because you need to know that sometimes what you make king don't have the power to help you. Mm-hmm. You put all, all that influence and power in your job. Can't heal you if you're sick. You put all that influence and power in Big Mama, the pastor of the church. Uh-uh. Can't do nothing for you. Yeah, you worried about the bulls and the bears. And the Blackhawks. Hmm. Yeah, he went to Jesus. And that is who we need to go to as well. By the way, if you don't know Jesus, but you'd like to know more about him or beginning a relationship with him, you can call this number, 1-888-NEED-HIM. That's 1-888-NEED-HIM. And if you'd like to listen to this message again, you can do that by coming to our website and streaming the program or download an MP3. Our website address is treasuredtruthradio.org. Yes, Steve, uh, let me ask you a question. Okay. Do you and your wife have a budget? We do. We try to stick to it. Why? Well, we all need to practice wise financial habits. And just like you and those who are listening, Moody Radio has to operate on a budget to ensure that we're good stewards of the resources that God provides. And it's so helpful for us to know and to be able to plan our budget based on monthly giving to help us with this process. You can become a monthly partner today. Yeah, really easy to become a monthly partner. Just come to the website. It is treasuredtruthradio.org. You're going to see a link there that talks about supporting Moody Radio or donating to Moody Radio. Click on that. And we are really asking you to consider becoming a monthly partner. It really does help uh, Treasure Truth and Moody Radio be better stewards of what God is entrusting to us. So come to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on that donate link. Well, thanks for listening today. Thanks also to our Bible teacher, Pastor Ford, and our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. I'm Steve Hiller. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.